we were doing this craft with the kids that I had done many, many, many times before. Mm-hmm. No, nothing out of the ordinary. All right. This works really simply. It's when whenever it's summer out, you get s'mores materials. You compose your s'more, unmelted, wrap it in tin foil, put it out there on the blacktop, and the sun just cooks it for you. And That's then you actually... pick it up. Yeah, it's, it's great. That's ingenious. And you pick it up, and it's delicious, and it's a s'mores, and it's kind of, kind of just the ultimate way of making the s'mores. I've never, so, I've never thought of that before. That seems, that's brilliant. Yeah. So, um, done this many times. Uh, recently did this, encountered a problem we had never encountered before. Which is, um, ants. Fucking ants everywhere. Ants are ants in my eyes. Ants in my eyes, Johnson. Ants are the worst. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty awful. Um, you, you know, know who sucks? Ant Man. Yeah, I've never come been. at me, Internet. Gracie agrees Pete? with you. <laughs> I don't like that Ant Man. Have you seen Have you seen the Ant Man movie? Actually, I haven't seen Ant Man, so I can't judge. Um, people will tell you that it's like the best thing ever, but they're, they're so wrong. They love it because it's a small movie and all of the other Marvel movies are really big Uh and it's, and it's like the first time in a long time they made a small movie, but it doesn't mean that it's good. It was just a breath of fresh air. And so everyone gave it a pass for kind of how boring the movie was. Is it bad to say I'm kind of burnt out on Marvel movies? No, I'm kind of burnt out. I'm kind of burnt out on superhero movies in general. Like, I think you know, more power to you if you love that franchise and you love all those characters and you love the everything about it. But I just, I hit a certain point where it kind of plateaued for me. And I'm not a huge like superhero person in general. Obviously, I like Batman a lot, but that's because it's Batman, uh, and that's about the extent of that. Um, and I can get behind like enjoying other superhero related things, but. I don't know. Just I've never I was never super huge into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I th- I think um after Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy 1, I was like, "Well, wow, I'm reinvigorated on this." And then whatever movie I saw after that, I was just like, "Nah, I just really liked Guardians of the Galaxy." Guardians of and the Galaxy. Was, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably my favorite one of the bunch that I've seen. It's it is definitely my favorite one. And then People really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I thought it was a pretty big letdown. I haven't seen it yet, so I will uh, judge it when I see it. Let, I have, let me put I it have, this way. I have fair let me put it this for way. it. Let me put it this way. You know how the first movie has comedy and sadness all the time, constantly? Uh-huh. And then there's that part near the end where Star-Lord... Uh, it's like all serious, and then there there's no hope, and then Star Lord does a dance. Oh, that's right. And it's like all the comedy drops away, and it gets really sad, and then he dances, and it's really funny. Uh-huh. And it's like this like dramatic tension that's undercut with a joke. Uh huh. The whole movie built to that moment. Yeah. But the se- the second movie constantly does dramatic tension undercut with comedy, dramatic tension undercut with comedy. And it just, like, none of it has any impact because of that? I mean, what are they? Some kind of suicide squad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Uh, welcome. welcome. Well, go ahead. You take so it this time. Under cooked analysis. That's the that's the name of the show. Um, it's just me and uh, Dead Palette today. Cause Alan got no sleep. Um, Alan's lost in no sleep. <laughs> Alan is currently having his stories deleted from no sleep, and he's really upset about it. Man, he'll. You know what? Godspeed, Alan. You you show him what for. Uh, we are not covering anything no sleep related today. Uh, we are going to do a quick uh, short and shivery for everybody. That is also kind of pseudo patron's poison. Um, it's so a half and half. It's a little, half and half, yeah. Paid uh, for a half and half. Um, <laughs> this this first story seems like you're unfamiliar with it. No, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with this one. Although, looking at the link you've given me, I'm immensely distracted by the uh, canid skull-like animal peering through a window picture on the side. Does that actually have anything to do with the story? Not really. Okay, so it's just there to be a spooky image. Yeah, as as is the case many times out of many times. I mean, I kind of figured that wasn't, like, this, whatever that thing is, it wasn't going to be in the story. It is mighty spooky, though. I mean, if you looked out your classroom window and saw that thing lurking outside... Would you let it in and ask it to do a lecture for you about, you know, for your gender studies course? <laughs> Don't assume that thing's gender. I'm not this, assuming uh, it's gender. I'm assuming it's a guest lecturer. Oh, <laughs> uh, this, this haggard bony thing. Um, the Pocket is a story that I, I'm guessing it got deleted from the wiki because when I went to look for it, it wasn't on the wiki anymore. Mm. It's... We're, it's credited to, it's already at the top, Lil Deadpool. I've, I'm not sure that that's the case. I think Lil Deadpool just uploaded it okay. here. So we'll see. Or we won't, because I have no idea, and yeah. this stuff is really hard to trace. Well, just to, think... just to set people up to know, so they know what we're reading. Uh, so we're doing The Pocket, and then after that, we have been sent a story from a one of our patrons uh, for uh, Patron's Poison, and this is another uh, original story written for us to analyze and critique. So I figured that story was very short. Uh, Dead Palette suggested the pocket. I figured we'd put them both together into a nice little short and shivery. So hang in there to figure out which story uh, from one of our patrons we're reading tonight. And let's let's just get right into this this pocket thing. That sounds uh, good. Yeah, um, this this uh, pocket pussy, as they're calling them. Um, there were rumors going around about some old abandoned silo that loomed over the woods. The woods were located in the middle of a field of dirt along the railroad tracks. Not like anyone cares. There was an eerie sight with just, you know, sitting there looming over the woods with rust trailing off the sides. Anyway... Some rumored it to be haunted by, like, some old farmer who hung himself in the silo and takes his revenge on anyone who enters. <laughs> I like the blasé tone. There's even a like in there. Yeah, like, that's, like, the best like. Uh, yeah, you want to have Can we upload the story with a like? Can we like <laughs> this story? Maybe that's why they're putting likes in there, is to subliminally get you to upload <laughs> the story. Yeah. I say this rumor is complete bullshit, especially when the one spreading the rumor tries to back up their rumor. 
with the story of some stupid kids who were curious and went into the silo never to come back out. Others say that the silo is just a good hangout spot where people would never find them. Okay, so that's where you go to, uh, you know, make out, to mac on a girl. Or a guy, we're not judging. You know, you know, however, well, it's a lot harder for girls to goof themselves. <laughs> that's true. There won't be much goofing going on out there unless you're, you know, really, really flexible. Yeah. So. Uh, this is not really terrible to begin with, I don't think. No, no, no. I mean, okay. Uh, full disclosure, we actually are recording this the same night we just finished reading uh, Turn It Off. So the I, I feel like anything that is more... David, I, I promise you stuff will happen in this story. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying anything that has more like agency to it, which is already happening here, feels a million times better. So I'm, I'm almost feeling like the bar's been set low, and I'm just going to enjoy this story because of what we had to read before this. But I trust you on this old friend yeah i looked around and i I thought people would know more about the story than they do but i guess it's kind of relatively unknown so with both positive and negative comments my geek band of friends and i decided to check it out we decided to enter the creepiness by choosing to visit the silo on a gloomy and cloudy day so the day came and my friends pete meg and wes Met at my house since it was along the railway. Rail, railway. There we go. So my friends, um, the monosyllable, uh, or my, the sing, the monosyllable gang. Yes, um, I do. I do kind of take issue with the idea of like <sighs> rumors are such like a kind of generic way to start a story. Yeah. But there you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is much more blog and blase as you put it you know yeah and i don't hate that it's not bothering me though like i get i get that it's a trope i get that it's kind of a cliche but like it it's not being used poorly you know no not really okay we walked we we walked along the railway talking and laughing having ourselves a good time until we realized we were reenacting stand by me until we saw it the silo was of course just sitting there looming tall over the trees Curiously walked toward it as our laughter, along with our talking, died down. The closer we got to it, the colder it felt. As if there was some sort of cold, dark aura radiating from it, sending shivers down our spines. Hell. Wes even let out a small little yelp. We paced around the circumference of the silo, looking for an entrance of some sort. We ended up finding a ladder leading into the silo. The rungs of the ladder were on handles to open hatches all along the sides of the structure. All were locked except for one. Mm. I, I do not like the structure of the ellipses in here. Yeah, the ellipses are weirding me out. Uh, guys, like you really gotta just make your ellipses three dots. That's all it is. Three dots. That's three dots it. and a space, ideally. Yes. Um, though it was stuck... Though it was stuck, so we had Pete climb up and open the hatch, and within a few minutes, we were inside the silo, standing on the hay left on the hay left in there. I almost thought that was a misconstruing of hay loft, but no, it's hay left. There was the hay that was left in there. In the center, there was a large hole, deep in the hay. 
It was dark, but we could hear a steady flow of air coming from the bottom. That's a cool little detail. Yeah. Pete. 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 Cache. Um, oddly enough, there was a rope descending into the hole. Since I was the only one smart enough to actually be prepared for this, I took out my flashlight. The flashlight. Notice this is an American story. Flashlight. Holding the flashlight in my mouth, I began to descend. I dropped to the bottom, scanning the small area. Everything seemed safe as I looked at the scattered hay, dirt, and also another peculiar hatch. I beckoned for the others to come down. Flashlights, silos. Yeah, this is an American story. American story. American story. American story. <laughs> American story. American American story. American story. American story. American story. As they descended, see the pocket better run for cover. As they descended, my eye had caught something covering the rope. The color of it was red. I hid my panic and showed the others at the hatch I found. Pete opened it, revealing a dark hole. Ellipses. Now, the fucked up thing about that was it reeked of dot 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 death. No, dot 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 death. Yeah. I used used to play bass for dot 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 death. I'm only seeing three dots on my end. I think you're lying. No, I only see three. No, I remember that was an episode. We're having a, 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 a Candle Cove moment here. <laughs> the others had sensed it, too, and of course, Wes was whimpering like a little bitch. Oh, that's mean. Come on, dude. Meg ended up gaining the courage to take my flashlight and go into the hole first. It's almost like she's used to... Mm. Uh, yeah, so Meg is the female of the group. American females, American, American females. We followed her and we walked through this dark tunnel for about 15 minutes until Meg told us we reached another hatch and she opened it. A bright light filled the tunnel and that's when we heard it. A piercing shriek followed by the sound of something running, panting hard. In a desperate attempt to avoid this, the creature that had made that horrific shriek, we ran. Once we were out of the tunnel, we slammed the hatch shut, attempting to lock it. This... Now, this could be anything, but it's a monster. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, this, to me, seems like a like a low-budget movie version, or low-budget, like, alternate studio knockoff of The Showers. Yeah, it's kind of got that, like slightly impossible, improbable geometry, you know? Yeah, that whole thing about a secret tunnel under a mundane thing. I think it was also kind of set in, like, a heartland kind of area, you know? Somewhere where there's railroad tracks and uh, abandoned architecture, you know, stuff like that. This thing is, you, you can do stuff with that that doesn't need to be a monster. I mean... I mean, we, when we did, we talked about this before, when we did Bishop Selby, I know that this was back in the day where you're like, well, it should probably have a monster because that's just how it goes in the genre. So I think people fall into that trap. Anybody can, you know? I, th- I think that consciously or unconsciously, I was like, I have 
major, major problems with the pocket. Let me kind of do the pocket, hopefully less shitty. Spoiler, I don't like the story, but <laughs> that that was kind of my mindset with Bishop Selby. Okay, so you you came out, you came from you the bishops. So this was kind of in a weird way an inspiration for Bishop Selby. Yes, because this was kind of the first story I read with the stupid impossible geometry, and I'm like, yeah, stupid impossible geometry. I'm about that. Okay. Um, it's me. It's me again. So I think, yeah. The sound, uh, I think so. Yeah. The sound had stopped, and breathing a sigh of relief, all of us had observed our current surroundings. We were in a concrete block, which appeared to be an old septic tank, with an opening at the top, and through that opening, we could see the forest above. We began to climb out, and then it happened. Again, we heard that damn sound again. Wes wasn't even out of the hole, the hole yet. Poor, poor Wes. This creature slammed through the hatch, and a sharp, clawed hand reached out and grasped Wes's leg tight, pulling him into the tunnel. We heard his terrified screams, and then suddenly, it stopped. Yeah, um, okay. There you go. Um... Again, we get this nice, like, there is a group of friends who are geeks and are kind of bored because they're in a small town and it's a farming town and there's a silo and maybe let's go investigate the old abandoned silo for shits and giggles and then something goes horribly wrong. Something could be anything. Why does it have to be a clawed hand? You, you describe know? you essentially describe the plot of the the origins of Batman at the same time. Think about it. Hey, let's take a shortcut down Crime Alley. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. <laughs> um, we heard the sharp snapping of bones and the tearing of flesh. The rest of us were frozen in shock. The sound of Wes being killed was revolting. Meg ended up vomiting at the sound. After that, we tried to find our way out of the thicket. We searched for a way out for at least an hour, but we concluded that the forest was enclosed in a large perimeter of barbed wire fencing. Um, again, very bland and beat for beat. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I mean... You know, this is something that always irks me a little in stories is when people talk about the sound of the tearing of flesh. Yeah. Like, does, is, does that have a, sound, a really distinct, obvious sound to it? Because that seems very, like, Hollywood-y, you know what I mean? No, I mean, you would definitely hear a sound, but... I would imagine, like, a soft impact. There was a a story I read. I, it was a Jonathan Stroud novel, John Stroud novel. And there's, I remember they described the like, they did, the way that uh someone get being, uh you know struck down with a sword in a distance as you know someone was running away from something that was menacing and another character stayed was left behind. They described hearing what sounded like a soft impact, and for some reason that really as resonated with me. You know like, the sound of something have, like getting something a, a soft impact being implied that a you know fucking killed by a sword i don't know like so in the moment it one, worked yeah so one thing that you can do in ashcan horror and creepypasta whatever the fuck you can deal with um 
kind of sampling other people's ideas in in pop cultural ways. So what I think of when I think of flesh being torn apart and stuff is your like Mega Man stomp in Dead Space. You know how you can like stomp the shit out of people in Dead Space? And it's like like you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's it's more of a more of like a crushing squelching kind of sound. Yeah, any any gamers in the audience? If you've played Dead Space, you know what I'm talking about. That's what I would do here. It's like it sounded like Isaac Stomp in Dead Space. <laughs> That's exactly how I would phrase it. That's amazing. Also, Meg throwing up, like... Also a cliché? Cl- cliché, I think you can have Meg throwing up. I've certainly had characters throwing up. But you have to kind of, like, ground it in some way, other than she threw up. Like, I, how did she throw up? You I know? feel like, yeah, I, you know, I feel, always felt like when you're having a character vomit out of from sheer terror... It shouldn't happen all at once. It should be like you have the fight or flight thing, and then once there's a moment of calm, then your character just then the then the, the character suddenly just stands there is is like catching their breath and then just immediately starts vomiting. Like mm-hmm. the stress of it all finally hits you, but it takes a little bit to build up. Anyway. Anyway, um, we panicked, having no idea what we should do, and also realizing that the thing comes out in the dark how did they realize that how did they come to that conclusion night was coming fast and in a desperate panic meg climbed high into a tree hoping the thing wouldn't find her pete found a small hole in the ground to hide in bad idea again jesus again we heard the shriek and i watched the thing climb out of its home in my panic i quickly climbed up a tree and watched pete sitting in the hole Uh oh here comes our monster description that's Pete in the hole, also. And that's a fish in the percolator. <laughs> There's a pocket in the percolator. I I, 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 I can't... I, 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 as much as I, I know you don't like Twin Peaks, I'm so glad that we can both laugh about how great Pete is as a character. <laughs> I think that they just... That's the thing, is like... Pete does... Uh, people will disagree, and they're wrong, but whatever... Pete does not belong in that show. Yeah. Pete belongs in his own show. I know yeah, that they're like... a show called The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah. <laughs> it was just two clones of Pete. <laughs> and they both complained to each other about having a fish in the percolator. There were two fishes in the percolator. <laughs> the question is, how did the fish get into the percolator? We'll never know. David Lynch certainly isn't going to tell us. Because <laughs> he never explains any of his stupid decisions. Do 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 do. Uh, man, that that always does frustrate me though. That people are like, no, no, it's it's a parody of soap operas, and it's like, no, it's not. It's a soap opera. <laughs> it's a genuine soap opera. Anyway, I also, to my regret, also got a better look at the creature we were facing. I don't know. That kind of sounds like you stand a chance and you don't. Um. It was He's the, cur- clearly this monster is clearly has a higher CR than this party. Um, it was the most grotesque thing I had ever seen. Its face was like was like a mask, like pale white, like against like its dark skin. The face <laughs> seemed to only have two dark holes for eyes and a large smile stretched across the face. Oh boy! So again, there's our description. 
really generic and not at all the thing in the uh, thumbnail up above. No. You know? the th- if, they, if it was the thing up above, that would be cool. Like, that's actually a kind of cool-looking monster. But not this uh, thing. Yeah. You might want to do a reverse Google image search, find that image, and then you can actually have, like, a decent-sized image to put on the thumbnail. Yeah, and just have it. Just point out that the for the YouTube thumbnail, this has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. After a few moments of observation, I had soon noticed that it was a mask, a mask made from Wes's skinned face. I was scared shitless as the thing was crawling towards Pete. Lol. I like to wear the skins of my enemies for masks. I sat in the. You know that. Wait that's a not second. Gonna, it it comes out at night, mostly. Mostly, it comes at night. Mostly, it's pronounced mostly. <laughs> I sat in the tree as I watched Pete run in fear, but there was no use getting since that thing caught up to him instantly. It's no use. It shoved both hands through Pete's chest and tore him apart with ease. It. It's silver. It is silver. It. Oh, God. Its chest opened up, revealing bloody tendrils that wrapped around Pete's head, tearing it off from its mutilated corpse, slowly pulling it into the empty cavity and sealed it shut. Okay, so it's a Tickle Me monster. Well, now it's now it's doing the... Um, speaking of Dead Space, it's doing the Dead Space, the thing thing, where it's, like, getting absorbed. Mmm. Yummy. David's David, stop goofing off over there. Sorry, I can. I, I, story's very boring. At least it's uh, short. And shivery. I don't know. I, uh, this story to me isn't good, but I don't think it's boring per se. Eh. The last one was was more boring. <laughs> uh, it's my turn. Yeah. The skin face of West was disintegrated and quickly replaced with a mask made from peat. With the same hollow eyes and the screwed up smile. Screwed up smile. Oh my god, that's so generic. Then it spoke in a soft, raspy voice. I am the pocket. (laughs) If this story didn't shit the bed until now. This story was wearing a diaper that it had already shit in. And then just like so much more poop came out into the diaper now. I am the pocket. I am the pocket pussy. It proceeded to crawl back into the its into its dwell dwelling. From the other tree, I heard Meg crying. Shut up, Meg! I beckoned her to <laughs> climb down, as I climbed down myself, and told her we were getting the hell out of this place alive. People like to get the hell out of places alive. Hesitantly, she climbed down, and I went up to the barbed wire fence and gripped the sharp wire, spreading it wide enough for someone to climb through. My hands bled, but I ignored the pain as Meg climbed through the opening. Again, what a what a gentleman! <laughs> again, the pocket had shrieked, and in my panic, I had to hastily crawl through the opening and cut myself up bad. Bleeding, I ran with Meg and ignored the pain, running until we reached civilization once again. You know, and I was bleeding pretty bad. And that's saying something, because I'm a pro gamer. (laughs) Ten years had passed. Meg and I were happily married. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes, because that experience clearly brought you both closer together as people. 
I say we're for a reason. I say we're for a reason. Same reason why I'm telling you this story today. Meg is dead. She she died a horrible a a horrible death, so horrible. The police called to the scene after a couple going for a walk through the woods found her mutilated, headless corpse laying on the edge of the woods. When I say word edge, I mean that it's is far from the barbed wire fence. The, this can only mean that the pocket is free from its prison. It's free and it's coming straight for me. I know it is. This is horrible right now. I'm looking at our marriage picture, trying to calm myself down with the happy memories. The happy memories. Because um, I tell you. He's got one of those memory um, uh, mouse pads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so the pocket was already free from its prison. What is it even? Ta- what is he even talking about? Why did, it, why did it take it so long to like, like, did it just retreat back into the silo and shut the door willingly? Into the, yeah, into the pocket's pocket. Um, it didn't help, because in the reflection of the glass, I saw a face slowly coming towards me, Meg's face. Ah, oh, it was eyeless and had that damn terrifying smile. The pocket, it's here. It's come to take me. It's, I feel its hands pierce through my chest. At this moment, I realize it's prime motive. It killed to be to be free to free people from the hell that now exists in this world. I have earned the privilege to be free. I smile. This got the, the biggest problem I have immediately now, because these are problems before, is it took that, it, it, it turned into edgy bullshit. Yeah. At the, by the very end of it, and it always bugs me when the protag like, is still telling the story, but is dying. You can do that well. well he's he's in not dying. He became, he became the pocket. I am the Polly Pocket. No, see, but I didn't want to be. I wanted to be a Mighty Max. See, that's the thing. Is the story shit into the diaper took another shit when it said, I am the pocket, and then the end, it's like another dump. It's like three dumps in one normal-sized diaper. Yeah. See what I'm saying here? Yeah, this is this is gross. Don't, gross. Don't bring your diaper fetish into this. Is a triple dumb diaper? Don't, don't bring your diaper fetish into this. We don't kink shame, but even so, um, pooping back and forth forever three times. Okay, that's a, more acceptable. Um, I will freshness rating this story a <laughs> uh, a bunch of lint and spare change out of a pocket. Um, I will give this story a. The Dark Knight Joker cringy cosplayer out of <laughs> out of uh, the Pinkie Pie Cupcakes cosplayer. Oh right, that guy. That guy in the PonyCon. That fucking guy. All right, uh, so let's move on. Hopefully, our patron Andreas Lindgren will be able to help us out. Andreas writes, Wrote this myself for a laugh and thought you guys might enjoy it. It's a first draft, and I don't take it seriously enough to give it a second one. He then adds another post. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't presume. Andreas then adds a second post. 
hit another, hit enter too early and I can't find the edit button, but I wanted to mention that English isn't my native language and that I have very little experience writing. Well, Andreas, thank you for sending us this regardless, and let's see uh, what you have to offer. The story is titled, Why Walk-In Freezers Can't Be Open From The Inside. All right, let's check this out. They found another body in the freezer today. Third one this month. Jones, I think his name was. One of the butchers had sent him to get some stuff, hammer something. For context, this isn't some small-ass restaurant walk-in. No, this is a massive, warehouse-sized industrial freezer holding enough pork, beef, and poultry to feed all of Africa for ten months. Damn. Jesus. It's divided into six sections in a a two-by-three shape with only the entrance leading to the bottom middle room, which holds the fish. However... So far, all of the bodies have been found on the top left section where we keep the pork. Um, They were all in the fetal position, clutching their heads with a look of absolute terror on their frosty eyes. Well, not all of them. Not anymore. Um, One issue I see is that you're trying to use real metrics and then fake metrics of like, this is a warehouse-sized freezer. Okay. Cool, I can accept that. That can feed Africa for ten months. Mm. Bullshit. Mm. And then six sections, two by three shape. All of this stuff is real. And then there's just a ridiculous statement in there, uh, like a lot of hyperbole, in the a middle of not hyperbole. Yeah. Um. I mean, I might tweak that pit, but I mean, I miss. I mean, I miss the rains down in Africa. So. I fucked a black chick in Africa. I post. I posted that on um, what what's his name? Uh, Night Prowler had brought that up on his Facebook. Oh yeah. Because I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's mm-hmm. just like, uh, he posted Toto, and I just said that, and he just like lost his shit over it, and then he sent me a uh, Donkey Kong Country MIDI uh, oh, yeah. sound font version of Toto's. Uh, Africa, and I was it was pretty funny. That's why I was thinking about it, because I, I, I didn't know the context of it, but I saw that, that it, you you had like shared that. Yeah, I fucking love Night Prowler. Um, He's a great guy. I, Props yeah, to, shout is. out to Night Prowler. Um, but then uh, the, the fact that the people keep being found in the pork section, and people call human long pork. Yeah, long the body eat the body. I the body eat the body. Uh, we have been asking corporate to invest in a better door for the freezer to prevent some people from getting trapped and freezing to death, but all of our pleas have been dismissed. Why should we spend thousands of dollars because of your mistakes, some fancy guy in a suit told our manager one time during a routine inspection. However, things changed after Jones was found, and we were granted extra security cameras and had a security guard appointed to the freezer at all times. What convinced them to do this was the fact that the freezing to death doesn't break your bones and smear your blood on the floor. Mm. Okay. After threatening to strike, they also agreed to have another security guard escort all employees entering the freezer until the mystery could be solved. And this worked. For a while. Months went by and people stopped dying, and eventually we started to forget about the whole dying thing. Then, in an effort to cut down on cost, 
The security guards were fired and the cameras moved to an affiliated brewery over in Utah. A ginger ale brewery? Mm, I would hope so. You gotta keep your ginger ale safe. Having recently been promoted to butcher, I, ha- I had an assistant to get meat from the freezer while I hacked and slashed. But of course, this was during the swine flu scare and my assistant had resigned out of fear that he would catch the flu from our produce. I wish I had done the same. Hmm. I like the the context. Yeah, the context actually. This story's working for me. I like it so far. Yeah, I do want to know where it's going, but it is a premise that is so out of the ordinary that I'm intrigued. You know. Yeah. Um, but needing more pigs to divide into ham and bacon, I wiped my hands and walked over to the freezer, and slid the large metal door open. You, I shouted at a horrified intern. Watch the door for me, will ya? He nodded, wide-eyed and dutifully stood guard as I entered the freezer. I should have sent him in there instead. (laughs) That's like towing the line of, like, I regret ever having done this. But, you know, that's, that's fine. That's just towing it. I unhooked a pig from the hook it was dangling from and pulled it across the floor back to the closed freezer door. Looks like dumb shit intern is the new minced meat ingredient, I thought to myself as I began banging on the door with a meat hook. That's when the pig stood up. Ooh. I stared in disbelief as I gutted, as the gutted pig got up on its hind legs, or what was left of its hind legs after the feet were removed. For a moment, it stared back at me with an empty, gory eye socket before it began to violently pummel me with its stumps. I tried to fight back with a hook, but it just slapped it out of my hand and kicked me in the stomach. Damn, zombie pig is a boxer. As I laid there, clutching my head to protect me from the heavy blows, I saw two other pigs come waddling into the room. I then promptly passed out. I survived, barely. And only because the dumb shit intern decided to open the door to see if I needed help. After that, after I recovered, I was interrogated by the police and told if I ever speak a word of this, I'll be the next one to hang from a hook. But fuck it, I'm a vegan and I want everyone to know. <laughs> nice ending. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's a ridiculous concept, but I. Th- I think that that's kind of what they're going for. Yeah, I mean, he I said he wrote it for. I, he said he wrote it for a laugh. Yeah, I don't think the story was meant to be taken uh, realistically. No, but it's certainly handled well for how short it is. Yes, um, it has internal consistency. Yeah, that's the thing. The consistency is super important. The um, the other story did not. Yes, it it tried to create a supernatural monster, and then the supernatural monster was talking for some reason, and there was a lot of poop on the bed. We 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 established that that's a that's a one shit shitty bed, but um, this this on the other hand stay establishes a setting and stays true to that setting, and I actually think it's pretty neat the idea because I was wondering what it could be. I wasn't expecting I wasn't actually necessarily expecting 
the the pigs, the pigs themselves. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But Man. yeah, um, it's, it's a it's a Toby Hooper type story. <laughs> um, so Sir Alfhem slash Andreas Lindgren, uh, thank you for sharing this story with us. We I like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Yeah, I think. Uh, with a few, uh, if you want, I know you said you probably won't touch it again, but if you do, you could just probably only tweak one or two small things, and I think the story would still be just as effective and actually a lot of fun to read. So, and you go back to the beginning; they were all in the fetal position, mm-hmm. and that makes sense with how they were trying to cover up from getting beat by pigs. Yeah, pigs pummeling you to death with your stumps. Mm-hmm. That's that's, that's cool. A, that's a good visual. I will give this um, some nice crispy bacon out of a on swine fluid freezer. I'm going to give this uh, fired security guards out of uh, ginger ale brewery. I will give this... Uh, I just, I give I just this realized... A, I, I will give this a Donkey Kong Country sound font out of Toto's Africa. I, I just realized this person totally put fucking Utah in here just to for us <laughs> to make that joke. I bet. I bet. So... so we're not as clever as we think we are making brewery jokes. Uh, well, you know, um, we're still, as at the time of recording this, we're still working our way through the, uh, the ghost story challenge. And I know there's been a couple stories that were specifically written to, uh, play off of some UCA memes. Yeah. And, uh, that, that, those are, those are pretty fun to read. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this is as good a place as any to cap off. Uh, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get more into the swing of the idea that we need to do a couple plugs in the episodes just to make sure that I know we have a lot of regulars, but if you're new to the show, uh, you can f- uh, subscribe to us on YouTube or on uh, I guess they were calling it Apple Podcasts now. I'm always going to think of it as iTunes, but it's Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on BevyNetwork.com/uca, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Scary Sauce. That's the home of both. Midnight Marinara, which is coming back in October, and uh, Undercooked Analysis. And if you want to find Dead Palette, you can go to Twitter at Dead Palette, and then uh, my YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com backslash user Dead Palette. Just fucking go to YouTube and type in Dead Palette. That's the easiest way to do it. I think it's Dead Palette's Tales. Yeah, it is, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and uh, is there anything you're working on in the near future you want to... I need to decide what story is going to go up next, so no. (laughs) Okay. All right, then. Well, um, I guess we'll sign up. I'm going to go listen to that that sound font version of uh, Africa again. Come to this happy podcast. Welcome. And amusings are your musings. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. 
Hi, I'm David. And I'm Kayla. And if it wasn't readily apparent from that, we're huge nerds about Disney. That's why we're doing the Animusings podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a film in detail from the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography, covering them in chronological order, from Snow White to Moana and beyond. To Moana and beyond! Sweetie, we're not doing Pixar yet. We'll do that after. And that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Kayla and I, and maybe a guest or two, as we explore the Disney animated canon, film by film. With the hope that it'll be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Ooh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Walt. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.